Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Today I'd like to share a word in honor of Elder Pete called Living Hope. We'll be reading from the book of Romans chapter 5 and 1 Peter chapter 1. If you'll turn there, we'll begin living hope. When someone that we love dearly passes, unexpectedly or even expectedly, it becomes difficult for us because we miss that person. But we can find great comfort in the idea that that person knew Yeshua and was living with hope. So I'd like to share the gospel message today and hopefully be effective in demonstrating and communicating to you why we are blessed and faithfully living out the hope we have in Yeshua. So if we can, let's begin in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with Yahweh through our Messiah, Yeshua. Let's just stop right there. Because it's important to know, as we are compelled to share the good news of Yeshua, that there are those in the world who do not have peace with Yahweh. There are those in the world who are still fighting against Yahweh, trying to do things their own way, trying to be fulfilled in their own way. They have neglected the gospel and the response that's required. They've neglected to recognize who Yahweh is and who His Son is, more importantly. But we have peace. Why? Why do we have peace? And by the way, when we think about peace, what comes to your mind? But rest, relaxation, quietness, calm spirit. Why do we have that peace? We have it because we've been justified by faith through Yeshua. The justification that comes through the reception of the gospel and the response to the gospel, the baptism of the holy water, and the resurrection from an old self is the very justification that Paul is talking about here. Now, most in the room have received that baptism. Hallelujah. But if you're thinking to yourself, I have not been justified, I have not received that baptism, and I do not have peace with Yahweh, then hear a little bit more. He says in verse 2, Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult 
in hope of the glory of Yahweh. Why does he say the introduction? The introduction by faith into grace. Well, let me tell you why. In my opinion, the reason why he says introduction is because we have not fully yet experienced the completion of his grace. Because there is first justification by which we are declared right in the presence of Yahweh. Secondly comes sanctification, that is a life lived in holiness. And lastly, glorification. That is the moment we are changed from a physical person into a spiritual person. This body will break down and fade away. So we look forward to the completion of the promise through glorification. We hope in the glory of Yahweh. So this is an introduction. This life that is led is a moment of time. It is a sliver of eternity. It is the introduction to the glory that awaits us. Hallelujah. The introduction. This is not the this is not the completion. This is this life is not the fulfillment of the promise. This life is not all there is. Somebody say amen. This is not all there is. Amen. That's right. It's an introduction. We do not see Yeshua face to face right now, do we? We see him through a glass dimly. But soon we shall see him face to face. We are being introduced to the gospel of grace. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, what? Hope. Hope does not disappoint because the love of Yahweh has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given. Hope does not disappoint. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Messiah died for the unholy. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man somebody would even dare to die. But Yahweh demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. Much more than having been now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of Yahweh through him. There's hope. We shall be saved. Not we might be saved. Not we can be saved. Not we could be saved. We shall be saved. We have hope. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to Yahweh through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt in Yahweh through our own, or rather through Yeshua the Messiah, our master, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Hallelujah. While we live in sin and lived in sin, we had no hope. 
Every human being is born into condemnation and judgment. There is not one righteous, not even one. Every single person is born into damnation and judgment. As a matter of fact, most people don't know that. Most people think, well, if I'm good enough, Yahweh will accept me. Most people think, I'm a good person, surely I'll get to heaven. But this is not the way the scripture relates the kingdom of heaven at all. There is no way we can be good enough, smart enough, strong enough, beautiful enough, tall enough, jump high enough to enter the kingdom of heaven. Only by the blood of Yeshua can we be saved. It is this realization that we all come to and we declare out loud, like Peter did as he was sinking in the waters, save me. Save me. The offer of the gospel of Yeshua is to escape these chains of bondage that we are all born into. Let's continue in verse 12. Therefore, just as one man sinned, one man sin entered into the world through one man, sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men and women. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses. What does that mean? It means the law wasn't introduced till Moses, but sin was still alive in the world, causing humans to die. Thank you, Adam. In the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of Yahweh and the gift by the grace of the one man, Yeshua, Messiah, abound to the many. Hallelujah. We don't have to live under the curse of Adam forever. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the one, on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation. I said, everyone is born into damnation, condemnation, and judgment. This is why. Because of the one sin, that is the result. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in in justification. In case you're unclear, the, the idea of justification is the idea that you go into a courtroom and you are guilty of that which you're being accused of. And in one moment, somebody declares all of that guilt and all of that shame and all of that sin wiped away, clean. 
If you owed a ticket for speeding, you don't owe it anymore. If you were condemned to die because you were a murderer at heart, that condemnation is now gone. That's what justified means. It's to be declared just, to be, to be declared right in the eyes of Yahweh. Let's continue. If by the transgression of one death reigned, verse 17, through the one much more of those receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Yeshua the Messiah. So then as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. This is the gospel. This is the good news. That although Adam sinned and cursed the entire human race, we, knowing that curse, living with that curse, every single day, we can relate to hope because Yeshua and his one act of righteousness, dying on the tree, righteous and without sin, died for all. Hallelujah. We have hope. We have hope. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of the one, many will be made righteous. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Messiah Yeshua, our Master. Hallelujah. What is hope? There's a lot of different ways we define hope. And certainly in, in the English language, you know, hope could be anything from, I hope it rains today, to, I hope I hit 21 in blackjack. I mean, it could be anything. I hope I make it to work safely. I hope my stocks do well today. I hope... I get married someday. I hope. We just hope frivolously about lots of things. But what does this hope mean? What does Yeshua's hope mean? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I want to compare and contrast what worldly hope looks like and what biblical or true hope looks like. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith, uh, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The word assurance here is the idea of a firm foundation. When you start to build your house, the first thing you want to start with 
is the foundation. Because as Yeshua says, a wise man builds his house upon the rock, but a foolish man builds his house on the sand. So the foundation is the first step to building the house. Now, that's a physical house, so we can relate that then to our spiritual house. How many of you know you're building a spiritual home? That's right. Your, your life is a spiritual house. You start then from the foundation. And the foundation is the confidence that faith provides that this hope of Yeshua will come to pass. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. What assurances do we have in life besides the faith? What assurances does breathing air and living in this world, what assurances are there? Do you have the assurance of success? No. Do you have this assurance of finding true love? No. Do you have the assurance of safety, protection, wealth, honor, prestige, security, significance? Does life by itself offer these assurances to you? All right, sir, you were born, and so now we can see that your contract states you will be guaranteed. No. There's no guarantee. Here's what you're guaranteed. That you'll die someday. Life guarantees it. Here's another guarantee. You'll experience disappointment. Failure and loss. When we sign up for life, which is involuntary, by the way, you didn't have the choice. Thank you, moms, for making that choice for us. Hallelujah. When you signed up for life, you get no assurances. There's no guarantees here. There's no guarantee that when you leave this place, you're going to make it to your home. There's no guarantees that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. There's no guarantees that life will be easy, profitable. (laughs) No guarantees. What assurances does this life offer? None. That is why the gospel is our hope. Because it provides the assurance. It says to us, while in this world you're going to have trials and tribulation, but I promise you this. That when all that's said and when all that's done, I will come back for you. I'm coming back for you. Don't you worry about that. You trust in me. I promise you that. 
you will not be left alone. What does Job say? who, by the way, existed thousands of years before Yeshua, he said this, I know that my Redeemer lives, and when I go to sleep and I wake up, I'm going to see Him. I'm going to see Him. That is the assurance. And so when we think about hope, when we think about our life and all of the difficulty and the struggle that we go through, we live with hope because we know the promises of are true. We don't have to hope like this. Well, I hope he accepts me. I hope I'm a good enough person. I hope this whole religion thing pays off. Some people choose religion as simply an option to secure their bets. I can't guarantee that atheism will get me a life after this, so I better try some religion. Hope it works out. Is that what faith is all about? A hope and a prayer? No, it's not. It's about conviction. It's about assurance. It's about promises. The hope of Yeshua doesn't say, well, I'd like to see that happen. The hope of Yeshua says, I know this will happen. How can we know that Yeshua is coming back? What guarantees do we have? The guarantee is that he resurrected from the dead just like he said he was going to. Yeshua said, I am going where you cannot come, but I'm going to come back for you. Just as Jonah was in the ground, uh, rather, in the belly of the whale for three days and for three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. His resurrection is the foundation of the gospel. Because he resurrected to the right hand of Yahweh, so also we have the promise of resurrection. He is the first of resurrection, the first fruits of resurrection. That is how the promise is made. If Yeshua had not resurrected, we certainly would be in doubt about our future, wouldn't we? We, wouldn't, we couldn't say for sure. But because he resurrected on the third day, just like he said he was going to. Now we have assurances. I'd like to shift gears here just a little bit. Because we have the assurance, we have the conviction, hopefully, you're seeing a difference between the frivolous hope that the world has and the realistic, true hope that Yeshua offers us. Now let's go into the idea of the hope of salvation. As Brother Danny said a couple weeks ago, 
being saved from death has little to do with you. And that's not a direct quote. That's what I'm saying. But living saved has much to do with you. You know, we have this idea of being saved. If you get baptized, then you're saved. What does that mean? Are we really saved? Do you feel saved? Even the concept of being saved is about the promise, isn't it? Because if you're saved, that would mean that the kingdom is here. Right? But it's not here. We're waiting for the kingdom. We're waiting for the kingdom. Being saved from death has little to do with you, but living saved has a lot to do with you. How do I experience being saved in the moment if I'm not yet saved from this world? That's through hope. Hope is the eager expectation, not a chance, not happenstance, that he is faithful and will call me home. Let's turn now to 1 Peter. Let's start in verse 3. Blessed be the Elohim and Father of our Master Yeshua the Messiah, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a what? A living hope through the resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah from the dead. It's a living hope. We live with it every single day. And then he says to obtain, verse 4, an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved for in heaven for you. How many of you were excited whenever the theaters changed over to assigned seating? You didn't have to show up early anymore to get a seat. You just got online, you picked the seat you wanted, and it was reserved for you. You felt kind of like royalty when you walked into the theater, didn't you? Previews are going, no sweat. D17, guaranteed. Oh, excuse me, sir. I've got a reservation here. Sit down. Reservation. A place marker for you in heaven. That's pretty cool. An inheritance which is imperishable. Not like things we get from the earth which will rust, corrode, fade away. But imperishable things. Spiritual things that will not fade. In verse 5 he says, Who are protected by the power of Yahweh through faith for a salvation, what's the word? Ready to be revealed at the last time. A salvation ready to be revealed. Not revealed yet. Beginning stages. Introduction. This is where we are. 
We can say saved because we have a reservation, but we can't say saved in this moment because the kingdom is yet to come and is prepared to be revealed. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith may be more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Yeshua the Messiah. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. I want to talk about what living hope is all about. Some people will say that once you get baptized, once you declare that you believe that you are saved no matter what, no matter how you live, no matter what you do, you're saved. That means, according to that idea, that I could receive the gospel wholeheartedly and yet become a serial killer and make it into the kingdom of heaven. Does that sound reasonable? Does it sound logical? Does it sound responsible? The idea of being saved is wrapped in hope. You live day to day knowing that Yeshua is coming back. The gospel is reasonable, it's logical, and our response to it needs to be responsible. If it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. Yeshua is looking for followers, people who do what he did, live how he lived, and believed how he believed. We're not interested in making new religions. We're interested in only following that religion which he perfected at Calvary. Hallelujah. Everybody wants to start a new religion. Church of this, church of that. I don't want to be a church of this or a church of that. I want to follow Yeshua. What was he doing? What did his apostles do? We need to be faithful to his calling. Faithful to his promise. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. We're talking about hope. We're talking about assurance, faith, confidence. It says in verse 22, Let us draw near with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." 
We need to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We have to be faithful to his calling, faithful to his calling. Living hope is an action. Let's go back to 1 Peter. Let's start in verse 10. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries. These prophets that he's talking about here are the prophets of old. You know, when the Bible was, rather, when the New Testament was being written, the New Testament wasn't already written. That means that the people that we read about, Peter, for example, was talking to people at his time about the prophets of old. These Old Testament prophets. They're the ones that prophesied of the grace that would come to you and made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Messiah within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Messiah and the glories to follow. That's an incredible thought to think. The Messiah's Spirit was in them, and it was predicting these sufferings. Verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but who were they serving? You. The prophets were serving, not themselves, because the prophecies they were prophesying weren't coming true yet. They were serving us. Amen. But you, and in these things, you have, now, have been now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for what? Action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Messiah Yeshua. This life is not the hope. The hope is the revelation that is coming with Yeshua. Now he says in verse 14, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. When you didn't know what was right or wrong, you were conformed to the lusts. But now you know better. So we can't be conformed any longer to those things. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Living hope is about living out our following Yeshua. It's not just about waiting. It's about living. Living the hope through obedience here. Let's go on to verse 17. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. I love that, during your time here. It's like being at a hotel. We hope you enjoy your time here. Isn't it? Enjoy it. 
but live in fear. Because Yahweh is going to watch. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from the futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Messiah. What does he mean? He means you weren't bought with gold or silver, things you can just find in the ground or things that you can buy in a pawn shop. The redemption cost of your soul is the precious blood of the Almighty's only begotten Son Himself. It's expensive. You cost a lot. The redemption, this hope, is expensive. Blood was shed for your hope. Let's think about that. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are being are believers rather in Yahweh, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in Yahweh. Hallelujah. What does living hope look like? It looks like this. Faith. Trusting in Yahweh no matter what. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. You were saved through faith. Living hope is about faith. Secondly, it's about obedience. Living like Yeshua lived. Here He says, As obedient children, you shall be holy, for I am holy. The one who says, I have come to know him and yet does not do his commandments is a liar. Saying I have hope is not enough. I have to live it. It's about joy, rejoicing, and being filled with hope and assurance. What does he say here? Verse 6, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while you, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor. Joy is the evidence of this hope that you have. Some of us can use a little bit more joy. I could use more joy. And rejoicing. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 3. We're wrapping up here. Romans chapter 12. I don't know where we'll end, but I know it'll be soon. Romans chapter 12 and verse 9 says this. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the master. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Practicing hospitality 
Bless those who persecute you. And bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as to it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of Yahweh. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Master. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Hallelujah. We have to rejoice in hope. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, Always be ready to give a defense not for keeping the commandments, not for eating this or eating that. Those things are important. But be ready to make a defense for the hope. People are going to see your life, your living hope, and they're going to say, I want some of that. Sanctify Messiah as master in your hearts. Sanctify him as your master. Always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. This is what living hope looks like. This is what living hope looks like. A life that speaks hope and shares it with others. Sometimes people say, well, I don't know how to serve. I don't know what to do. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21 is a great start to living a life of hope. Let's turn to Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. We don't have to grieve like others grieve when loss is experienced because we have hope. Not a shadow of doubt in my mind that Elder Pete lived with hope every single day. He lived it. He had the faith. He was obedient. And he was filled with joy. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 15, I'll close with this in verse 13. Now may the Elohim of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will be, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know about this living hope, I want to invite you to experience it. Yeshua is calling. He's calling each and every one of us to hope. If you'd like to have some of that, it's time for you to quit running, quit hiding. Call out to him, I need you, and be baptized and begin the journey, the introduction to the kingdom of heaven. May Yahweh bless you so much.